Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am Illegal86, one of your three hosts, as always and as ever, joined by uh, my good friend Tectic. Tectic, what's the scoop? What's the sizzle? Uh, I'm going to have to say vanilla and chocolate. Okay, fair. Well, I guess we'll circle back to that. And uh, Nerd Bomber, what, what's the happy haps? I was actually preparing an ice cream response and I have no answer to that. I'm so caught off guard. Okay, well, what's the scoop and what's the sizzle? This time of year, you're looking at like a nice mint chocolate chip kind of thing. Like, you know, the Andes kind, but with yeah. peppermint flakes in it, like the, the red peppermint bark instead. Oh, that, like that's, candy cane. Yeah, that, that's your go-to this time of year. Oh, so you're like saying ice cream flavors because he has to ask you what the scoop was. Oh, that's so funny. How'd you think of that one? What's <laughs> what's uh, <laughs> what's pull, Let's pull the car over for a second and... I want to just be sure of something. Nerd Bomber, as has been noted on this podcast, you are a fan of candy corn. Yes, I am. I made a mistake with that. Well, okay. It's a different topic, but how could you possibly... Well, you made a mistake by liking it. I assume that's what you're about to say. No, I mean, candy corn is great, but around Halloween time, I was like, candy corn will not be on store shelves anymore. I need to stock up. I'm going to be in fall mode until Thanksgiving. But then we kind of like did a 180 on our Christmas implementation plan and implemented Christmas in our house very early into November. And the candy corn is now just out of season for the house and sitting in our cabinet. Your your Christmas implementation plan. I, you know, you guys sound very joyous around the holidays. <laughs> I picture Thanksgiving dinner gets wrapped up and then Tactic grabs a big blueprint style kind of scroll thing and clears the table off and un- unrolls it and on it is the christmas implementation plan it's very reminiscent of like home alone how kevin yeah. McAllister has his whole plan and then we just you know set up the house rig it to make sure any burglars can't get in good stuff so we'll, we'll circle back to your anti-burglary i guess measures but what weird christmas candy do you like is where i was going because i want to i want to see if this is a multi-holiday trend of yours I'm trying to think of like what the weirdest. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the Christmas candy that I introduced to her. And it's been a family tradition of mine aging back to the depression. Back when. Make fun of it. No, you can't because it's a good one. So my grandparents, they received oranges, fruit, because they were a sweet treat uh, around the holidays. So over the years that had evolved into getting a chocolate orange in your holiday stocking. So that yeah. is that is my favorite holiday treat, and I'll, I'm willing to bet that it's Nerd Bombers as well. No, sorry, it's oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> bet failed. <sighs> Pay up, loser. It is, uh, though. It's the chocolate realm, and I don't know if this is like a widespread thing or if this is a very like Polish sort of deal, but advent calendars. See, with the okay. chocolate like this specific it's like they're imported from germany i don't even know the brand because the brand is german if you look on the back it's imported from germany so maybe it's not polish maybe it's german but so is it are we talking like ferrero rocher no or? it's like this cheap 199 calendar thing and you rip open the paper door and inside in this like plastic tray there's little molded chocolates that you have to like pop out and each day is a different shape and they're like it's not the it's best chocolate level. in the world but you count down to Christmas. You do it every day. I hate favorite. this tradition. Why I've, like I've why been, would you hate this? Because it's putting me on a schedule on when I have to eat chocolate and then it's just stressing me out. I mean you can eat chocolate outside of the calendar, but then I'm gonna be but ahead you have of days to eat chocolate or? at least once a day. How do you guys handle it? Do you guys alternate who gets the chocolate on a given day? No, we, we have, have two, two calendars. What's wrong with you? 
You have two calendars. They're wow. like a dollar fifty. For first, uh, I think wait, we can look. swing three dollars to make sure we each have our own calendar. Uh, no, no judgment over there. But I, I actually, I've been meaning to get into the advent calendar game, which is a weird sentence. But like, I had one. When, well, my parents had one, and like, it wasn't it wasn't candy or anything. I, I've seen I've seen the these wood advent ones? calendars. Well, yeah, we had a wooden one that was like no candy. It was just like actually, we custom made it for my grandparents when we were younger, like when we were kids, it was like a craft project we did. And my, I, have a, I have a somewhat large family on one side and we managed, there were 25 people. So we made December 1st through December 25th and it went up in age. It was a very cool project. So it could never top that. But I saw one that it's, you open up the little door every day and it's little bottles of scotch. But that's like, I mean, that's like Zuckerberg money. So I'll probably go for like the, some chocolate thing. Yeah, it's also one that's day. difficult to uh, enjoy with the kids, I guess. True. Well, I don't have any kids, but yeah, I guess for longevity's sake, maybe get an advent calendar that can like be reused every year. I don't know. I'm 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 looking to get into that game. Uh, chocolate oranges. Uh, my fiance is very into. So I can't. Unfortunately, that's disappointingly hard to judge that choice on your part. So uh, good job. You guys ran the gauntlet of my judgment. So good on you. We're not going to talk about advent calendars or just i don't know candy corn today the game awards happened this is a big deal for all podcasts like ours but uh look no podcast is going to cover it as good as we do that's a bold claim but we're three bold people we're going to cut we're going to cover it so hard you have no idea Uh, we're going to take you through all the winners we're going to take you through a lot of the trailers that we saw at the event and uh, yeah, just kind of go into the happy haps. I happy haps is my happening phrase today. The research department here at Online Warriors has made me aware that in last week's episode, I used what was the phrase I used? Patently ridiculous. I said it many times. Is did that, you really? He did. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when I say the Online Warriors research department, it sounds like Tactic uh, edited last week's episode. Because I was informed that I said it like three or four times. so It was, in know. fact, so, patently ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes I get something stuck in my head and it just comes out a number of times. Just so think, this week just think of it like Sesame happy. Street. It's fine. It's the word of the day. Right. I'm not going to say it in that voice, but you can. The Game Awards. Look, this happened. If you're a gamer, you probably cared. So I don't know what order we should go through these in. I'm going to tell you what I was most excited to see. We're going to start with that. Because, uh, look, I'm, I'm one of the hosts. Returnal winning best action game. This is big. I think this game is in my immediate future. I was, I'm, uh, I was a little back and forth about Returnal. I guess, in a way, I still am. This is a game that... This is the one that you can't, like, save halfway through, right? Like, you have to, like, you have to, like do the run all at once or something. Which has me a little scared. But um, this is a strong endorsement. I was happy to see that. I don't know. I mean, what, what award made you guys the happiest? I guess that's a good starting point. What excited you? Best um, action adventure, Metroid Dread. I don't know. Action adventure is such a broad category, right? Like, part of me wants to say it's not an action adventure game, but if it's not that, what is it? Obviously, uh, well earned by Metroid Dread. That was a good game. I begrudgingly admit, as angry as it made me, it was very, very well constructed. See, I liked it simply because one, it it, it was my game of the year, and two, all of the just the the game shows in general made me feel like I have really great taste because a lot of the games that I'm either currently playing or have played were the winners. So way to go, me. 
So the other right. nominees in the best action adventure game category were Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. Ooh, so Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Nerd Bomber, how are you? How are you doing? I was actually fine. You know, Ratchet and Clank didn't win anything, but a bunch of other big games like Psychonauts didn't as well. I was happy to see that Deathloop got a few different awards. I think they won Best Game Direction, and I forget what the other game they won. Or the Best Art won. Direction. Best Art Direction and Best Game Direction. Right. It won. But I think I was most excited for It Takes Two taking the Game of the Year award. I mean, first of all, just seeing the excitement of Joseph Ferris. I mean, he always has incredible just sound bites and sound snippets and his speech was probably the most authentic and fun of the night but also just the fact that having such a small game and by small i mean compared to some of the other you know games that were up for nomination like i mean it went up against Deathloop, it went up against metroid dead psychonauts ratchet and clank resident evil village those are all very big budget games and to see a relatively small studio come in and win something based on its merit i mean it I know we've all played it. I thought it was one of the most innovative games in terms of gameplay that I've played in a very long time. And it was something that kind of stuck with me, especially that dastardly elephant scene stuck with me for a while. And so I was super pleased that they took home Game of the Year. I think it was well-deserved. We interviewed Joseph Balderrama, who was one of the voice actors in the game. And, you know, I just i am so happy for that team. And... We also learned that kids are great. If if you don't have one, go ahead and go out and get one. Right there, you go. Uh, that's a strong endorsement. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I think we've talked a lot on this podcast, and Nerd Bomber, I think you in particular have talked about. I think kind of like the double. Would you consider it takes two to be a double A game, or is that is this a full fledged indie to you? Because I see it. It's backed by EA. I I see it as kind of in that double A realm. Yeah, it's not a blue chip title, but it's. It's a sweet spot, I think. Um, and I'm saying that to, it's, to positive effect. It fits into this zone where it winning game of the year is so cool because people, a lot of people don't know what it is, probably. And now they're going to go play it. So, you know, Joseph Ferris being excited makes perfect sense. And you mentioned Deathloop. This is another game that I think is in my fairly immediate future. So a lot of great endorsements here i swear if you um, play it right after spider-man i'm just gonna i'm just gonna crack up oh are you are you playing Deathloop right now spoilers i guess for the i'll never tell okay i have feeling i think you might tell at some point but i don't own it yet so i'd be surprised if i played it after spider-man but i am playing spider-man right now spoiler alert i have finally cracked the tape on the on the ps5 so that's more to come on that in my what are you up to guardians of the galaxy winning best narrative now this game admittedly has flown under the radar for me and story is very important to me always has been have you guys played guardians of the galaxy do you guys have it Um, no haven't played it didn't pre-order it or anything like that this is one of those games where i was like when we saw the previews for it i was a little like oh this could be really good or this could be really bad i'm not really sure and then all of the reviews started coming out and they were glowing i mean in terms of narrative supposedly this game is really great and even like the gameplay i've heard is super fun so it's one of those things where i've been eyeing it up because it's on sale but also i know it's the holidays so i kind of put a game buying hiatus on myself for a little bit because you never know now did i dream i may have dreamed this let me be clear didn't one of you play forza earlier this year i did i played not five though i played the old one forza horizon 4 okay 
I that you know that may also be a thing that I do at some point is like I used to be very into driving games uh and granted this was like it was like need for speed but like I think it'd be cool to like sit down and play a driving simulator which cause that's what Forza is right it's it's a driving simulator uh Horizon um, 5 like the Horizon series of Forza I mean they are driving simulators but Horizon is like the more arcadey line of Forza games that terminology scares me. So, so, so. By Arcadia, I mean like five. you have like you're not just going on a circuit. You know, it's not like a NASCAR circuit. It's more like you know you have street racing. You are and like a festival sort of deal. You're on like real roads in the world and not just on like a closed. I don't know what what do they call it in NASCAR? Like close? Is it arena track? I don't know. I clearly don't follow cars. Daytona 500. She yeah. she doesn't follow cars. <laughs> Only Lightning McQueen. Ka-chow. Oh, gosh. That is a very strange endorsement <laughs> here, in, here in 2021. So Forza, best audio design, which I, I feel like if you're going to, if you're a game like Forza and you're going to win an award, best audio design is a great one to win because your your whole goal is to be authentic, right? So that, you know, to me, that, that ticks a box uh, in terms of like me potentially playing this game. Resident Evil Village, Lady Dimitri. I can't pronounce this. Dimitris? The lady you saw in all the memes. Can we just call it what it is? The vampire lady with the white skin. Was she? Is she a vampire? Yeah. I don't know. I Maggie Robertson uh, played this character. She won best performance. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? I, lo- I love the title of this award, first of all. Best ongoing game. That's very funny to me. Also, again, don't know what was nominated. Final Fantasy Roman numerals 14 wins best ongoing game and best community support that actually was probably a pretty contested category and like an important category in the current gaming age was fortnite nominated for that it seems like that those two categories scream like fortnite better be nominated because that's kind of what they do is just have an ongoing experience same with like destiny Mm -hmm. which by the way destiny 2 i'm off the destiny train witch queen comes out february 2nd 2022 which is a very fun date do you think they picked it for that date Two 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 oh two two, or just two 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 two. It's always a possibility. I'm sure somebody sat down and was like, "This will look really cool in trailers." Right, this is gonna look cool. Let's do this. Other winners: League of Legends, Elden Ring. I can't do the Roman numerals today. Age of Empires IV. That's four. Guilty Gear Strive, and then there's a litany of trailers here, and we can go through these. What's the biggest trailer on this list, and why is it Star Wars Eclipse? I mean, there are a ton. Star Wars Eclipse is a huge one. I want to I want to touch on Star Wars Eclipse first, if if we may, because there was so much going on in this trailer. One thing I noticed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna nerd out here a little bit. A lot of Nemodians, a lot of Nemodians in this trailer. What's with all the Nemodians? They were in Episode One for like five minutes, and then there was like sixteen of them in this trailer. Yeah, that was an interesting way for them to drive home that this is gonna be a pre-Episode One high republic being the being the operative term high republic era star wars yeah this is supposed to be something that ties the high republic to like the movie series correct as far as i know um which again all the nemodians maybe it's some trade federation stuff i mean there's no dialogue of any kind in the trailer it's just a lot of spooky drum beats a slow moving eclipse hey big fan of spooky drum beats though oh it was super cool another thing i noticed green and green versus blue lightsaber battle now, I don't know if this was a Jedi Academy situation. It was kind of unclear. It was on the screen for a very short amount of time. But 
do we have any do we have potentially jedi battles that are not jedi versus sith that's something to potentially dig into because you know high republic you immediately think sith because prequel trilogy is all about the sith sith kind of fade away in the ot or i guess the sith are still there but they're not mentioned by name basically but i'm curious to see and i think everyone's curious to see what things look like before the skywalkers and you know the sith are kind of staged in the prequel trilogy as this well there's always two and it's been that way for a billion years are we pre-sith at this point or are we it seemed like it might be pre-sith it might be pre-sith yeah, there might because, be no so the evil red, jedi at all the red saber is merely just they impart everything bad into the crystal and that's what makes it red so you can be a bad guy and not have a red saber you just didn't add this special manufacturing process right graphically beautiful i know this is and like i want to mention this too because it was i watched a bunch of these trailers in the presence of my fiance who is not the biggest gamer she she games on occasion but she she asked a question that i want to i want to put here because i thought that was a very good question which is like what what bearing does this have on how what the game actually is like i mean i would think most of this is probably cgi exactly it's so so early in development of this i don't think any of this is what we'll actually see in the real game but that being said so this is a quantic dream game and if you can set aside all of the crazy toxic workplace lawsuit shenaniganery happening over there and look at some of their previous games the one that springs to mind for me was detroit become human which i actually really enjoyed that game and the graphics i mean aside from some uncanny valley sort of deals they were pretty good and that was on a ps4 i can only imagine what this is going to look like on next gen hardware right i you know like I agree. I think this is all like at one point my fiance was like, is this a movie or a game? Because it was, it was movie quality CGI, but that's not, that's not what we're going to get in the actual game. More well, than like, likely. The interesting thing with Quantric Dream too, is that she's not wrong. It, their games kind of do play a little bit more like a movie. It's, I, I hesitate to call it a walking simulator, which is cool. it's not, but it's like a lot of quick time events. And I know they kind of came out and said that that wasn't what this was going to be. And they were going to like delve into gameplay a little bit more. But I I feel like it's it's hard considering that that's all they kind of know at Quantic Dream. All of their games have been that kind of like very cinematic, quick time eventy sort of deal. That I feel like that's what we're going to get. It'll probably be a very cinematic looking game. Star Wars as a franchise has this very strange quality to me. In that, and this is probably the wrong take, but like I don't know. I guess with the exception of Fallen Order, like when was the last big successful Star Wars game? that had like this sweeping scale and was a big hit with the fans. Like it's just, it feels like it's been a long time. And like, I, I get that fallen order was well received, but that still felt kind of small scale. Like I, I it just, to me, this franchise feels like it's due. You are for the choir in so massive. many ways that you do not even know. Hey, I love R- fallen order. I thought once you got past the beginning part and you really got into the story, I thought it was that big epic scale, and especially with this uh, sequel on the way, I think that you're count- discounting it a little bit. But but you used to have, I mean, gosh, you used to have Knights of the Old Republic, and you used to have the Jedi Outcast series, Jedi Academy. It just, I don't know. It just 
feels like the apple's fallen far from the tree or something. I don't know what it is exactly about it, but like the battle, like I'll admit the first battlefront game, the, the new ones, not the old ones, the first new one, I thought it was cool, but it wasn't, it didn't excite me as a star Wars fan. It didn't have some sort of X factor quality that those older games used to have. And I don't know if it's just the time those came out or something, but like, I don't know, like, like, you know, squadrons didn't really excite me that much um force unleashed i think had its moment in the sun but like still it just it doesn't they don't hit it, it feels like the star wars games don't hit and then battlefront 2 of course you. is a disaster You're just it might older. be me oh well it, 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 it might be the same thing too that happened like i remember on the podcast when we first saw the avengers footage i got like really upset because I think I just, when it's a franchise like that, I want something out of these games that I'm just never going to get. It, it, it might be that, but I, I don't know. My point is, I think this is a chance for Star Wars to do something big and splashy that take can take us back to that Knights of the Old Republic sort of phase, notwithstanding the fact that it's going to go back to the Old Republic itself. So, I don't know. I have high hopes for this one, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel particularly invested at the same time, but it would be cool to see it do well i want to say everything that you just said and i'm sorry that i'm skipping ahead but i want to say everything that you just said was sonic frontiers you guys okay this this was another trailer that was released and you guys all know that i have been begging and pleading for a new sonic adventure battle oh you're never gonna get that with a chow garden remake and the last the last sonic game i played which was okay, but it was just okay, which was Sonic Forces, and it is overdue for that same goodness that was in Sonic Adventure 2. I I even downloaded it on Steam just to relive it, and guess what? I wasn't just young and naive. That game slaps. Sonic Frontiers is going to be interesting to me because I've always been, and I don't remember Sonic Adventure Battle. I always was one of the people, I played the 2D Sonics. I, yeah, I never played any of them, so one or two doesn't matter to me. I only I only played the 2D Sonics, and then I played Sonic Team Racing. And I got to be honest, like, I don't know. They have to wow me with this. I'm a little concerned. Watching this trailer, you know, they promise this open world Sonic adventure. And, like, graphically looked fine. But I'm a little bit worried that they're going to, like, lean into Breath of the Wild and lose what makes Sonic so good. And in my opinion, what makes Sonic really good is kind of following a linear progression where you go through different worlds and different sections of map. And then you have mini bosses. And then you you work up to the big boss. That is, for me personally, that's what I want out of a Sonic game. And if you give me this open world experience, I'm a little worried if they'll kind of jump the shark. And whenever the Sonic franchise tries new things, they have a notorious track record for releasing hot garbage. Do you guys remember when Sonic was a werewolf? No. What was I do that? Not. What? Was, I do not. That, yeah, that exactly. There's a reason. And did, do you guys remember? The, and th- this game I found was kind of cool because I was like an edgy teenager at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But do you guys, did you guys know that Shadow had a motorcycle and guns and shot people? Oh, yeah. that I actually did. Shadow the Hedgehog. That was a game. Yeah. I have I'm that. Just, like, they, that was actually a good game. They try crazy stuff it was like sonic gta it was actually really fun i forgot about that and no i know but i'm saying it was like sonic universe grand theft auto it was fun and just sticking to the formula of sonic adventure 2 please let this be that game please just be just be clear tactic you're not still an edgy teenager that was you're over that you're past that yeah 
Okay, you don't say he's a he's a chamfered adult. What is that first word he just said? Chamfer, subdued. That's wow. That's that's a that's a fifty dollar word for the podcast. I'm gonna have to. I really don't even know what that means. (laughs) A Um, chamfer is when you take like a sharp edge and you you put a forty five. Yeah, you put a forty five. You sand it flat. The car the carpentry term. I I see. Okay, that makes sense now with the edgy. Okay, well, we can move on from that. But yeah, so I, I like I I think I agree. Like, I definitely got Breath of the Wild vibes from the trailer, if only because of the sweeping open world expanses they were trying to show. They were clearly going for that vibe, and I, you know, my Sonic experience is very limited. I played Sonic Adventure Two just like Tactic did and loved it. And much like what you were saying, Nerd Bomber, Sonic Adventure Two, you know what it mostly is. Sonic is in San Francisco and he has to run down all these hills and you go do that. And like, and there's, it's, it's linear. It's yeah. decidedly linear, but it's, it's well executed. It's a very specific thing that they did very well. And in the older games did it very well as well. And, and, you know, I haven't played a lot of the newer Sonic games, but I would agree at face value that, they really shouldn't be going outside that. Like it, they, they fall into this weird category. I think where, you know, gaming, the hardware is advancing graphics, graphics are advancing. And I think they're taking that as a reason or an excuse to be like, let's make ourselves into something that we are not. And that's bad. I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. I don't know. I don't I kind of petered out there, but like, it just, it's weird to see them. The, point is and it's the same as star wars we're long overdue for that type of game again and it it just it needs to come to fruition well the thing that i think is kind of and this is also going to carry into the next little discussion but i understand their urge to reinvent sonic though like if you think about who they're kind of pandering to with a new game the Sonic movies, no, the Sonic movies came out and while it did hit home very well for millennials, it's also reintroducing Sonic to another generation of people who love the character. And you know who loved Breath of the Wild? The same people who got introduced to the Switch for the first time. I mean, also right. people our age, but for a lot of younger people breath of the wild was one of the first introductions into the zelda realm and they loved it so i can understand the urge to want to kind of reinvent sonic and introduce it to people who maybe didn't go back which i don't know how you could have potentially avoided sonic even if you're a young kid i feel like sonic even the 2d has been re-released for every generation ever but i I understand the urge right should we talk about the movie now because we probably should so I mean, look, they, they they went to... I didn't see the first one. I still haven't seen the first one. You Full need disclaimer. to watch it. It's on Hulu, I think. It was on Hulu the, for the longest time. They approached Jim Carrey with a pound of cocaine. Nay, two pounds of cocaine. And were like, we need you to do all this cocaine and then we're going to film you. <laughs> like, it's just... Are it's, you talking it's about... When he showed up at the Game Awards, or are you talking about during the trailer? Because during the during the trailer, because the statement can be said for both. I don't know. I, like the audience of this movie is not me. I, like I can't be clear enough about that. But like I don't. He, he runs the risk of ruining the movie. See, but 
just like in the first one, you're not there for Jim Carrey. You're there for Sonic. You're there for Knuckles. You're there for Tails. Even in the first one, Jim Carrey wasn't really, like, he was the main villain, but he also didn't take up a lot of screen time. So it was this nice balance that was, that was honestly, I thought it was done pretty well. And if they, if they stick, again, sticking to the formula, Sonic folks, if they stick to that formula, this will be right. another great movie. If you want zany from him, you're going to get it. And that's probably what they want. So. I do think, and I think even if you go back to the podcast, when we talked about the first movie, I wasn't sold on Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, Dr. Eggman, whatever you want to call him. I think even in the games, like Dr. Robotnik is definitely like a zany, crazy, mad scientist guy. But Jim Carrey brings his, his Jim Carrey-isms to it. And I don't know. It's a little bit over the top. So I am a little bit worried about that. Should have that, been Danny DeVito. but uh, I don't know about that either. But Boy, I, will I think say, you're right about that. Wow. That's... Wow. Did you say that the last time we talked about the first movie? Because I think that's a, that's a dead-on take. I don't know. I think you've done it again. Sorry. Go ahead, Nerd Bomber. But I mean, I think overall... The rest of what we saw in this trailer is everything that I wanted, and I'm so pumped about it. I think how they introduced Knuckles was phenomenal. I think Knuckles being that gruff adversary to Sonic and Tails and advertising him that way in this trailer was great. I think Tails' introduction and how, I mean, the voice act, getting the voice actor for Tails and introducing him in that like innocent, fun way. Tails was always my favorite Sonic character call me whatever you want because Tails is not like the favorite he's not badass in any capacity but when, especially when I was little like I was always player two and in Sonic 2 you played as Tails but I love like introducing Tails especially in Sonic 2 because going back to the Genesis games it was all about Sonic and Tails working together I just think this looks great I'm so excited for it I mean, maybe this is just me. Like, I really enjoyed the first movie. I love all Sonic everything. So I'm just super pumped about it. But I feel like the character design for everybody outside of Dr. Robotnik is great. And I'm here for it. Oh, there, There's no doubt watching the trailer that they are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, which is playing to their strengths. Like like you said, it, it, it looks very similar to the first movie. And that's that's a positive, I think. I mean you know lest we forget this movie maybe one of the first times we talked about this movie was when it got taken back to formula because the first footage came out or the first image came out and people were like sonic looks terrible and they went back and fixed it and everyone was thinking this movie's gonna be a disaster and now here we are the first one was super successful and the second one looks to be well positioned to be very good uh there's there's no denying and they introduced the Master Emerald. Oh, yeah. They did introduce the Master Emerald. That was a big deal. Um, that took me back to my Sonic Adventure 2 days. Sonic Adventure 2 is the only Sonic game I've ever played. Do you so, think what? they're going to break the em- Master yeah. Emerald and they're going to have to find Emerald Shards? Is that what happens in Sonic Adventure 2? Yeah, that's why you're all the hunting okay, with yeah. Knuckles, you're, you're finding the Emerald Shards. So yeah, you I can counter the Chaos Emeralds, which if you bring in the Chaos Emeralds, then you're bringing in my boy Shadow... I mean, and that might get, be how they, like... It gets real. That might be how they, like, introduce Knuckles as, like, a, a teammate rather than an adversary. I get the sense, Tactic, that you've played Sonic Adventure 2 much more recently than me. And, like, yeah, and like two months ago. Yeah, it's virtually guaranteed. This, you know, this is going to be good. Who who voices Tails? Do we know? Uh, Knuckles is Idris Elba. April 8th, 2022 is when this comes out. 
And also uh, Tails is played by Colleen O'Shaughnessy. And I have no idea who that is. She plays, sorry, she plays Tails in like the games and previous Sonic things. Well, how about that? Good for her. Again, I said that before, but it's it's even more true now. Uh, we're going to take a short break now uh, before coming back to talk more about the Game Awards and in particular some of the trailers that came out. But before we take our break, I would be remiss. It, it You know, it would be patently ridiculous to not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen has been supporting the show for some time now. He's been on the show a few times. Uh, that is one of the benefits of being a producer on the show steven supports us at the night level which is the highest of our three patreon levels of support as a result he gets this shout out he gets input into our weekly game segment he gets the occasional guest spot and he gets access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog you can also support us at the page level no i skipped one the squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and it's also a page level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and for more of the details on any and all of those levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. And we will be right back after this short break to talk more about the game awards. In the not too distant future, Following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of secret World War 2, there is not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to The Last Comic Shop. Rate, review, and subscribe to our weekly comic book reviews on all the major podcasting platforms at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. More Game Awards trailers coming at you. Nerdbomber wrote in our show notes, uh, Wonder Woman 2. Oh, sorry. I she meant skipped, Wonder Woman 1. <laughs> she skipped Wonder Woman 1. She's already thinking ahead to Wonder Woman 2, uh, which honestly will probably happen. I mean, look, this trailer was a big deal not really visually but just the idea like the trailer is one of those things where it's like all right they they don't have any footage ready yet this is just like the character model basically and it looked good you hope for what do you hope for you hope for a spider-man like experience right that's what we're all thinking so what Um, i'm really interested in is that this is made by monolith games who was the studio behind shadow of mordor and shadow of war and one of the things that's really interesting about that just 
beyond the fact that those games were very good, was that those were the games that used the Nemesis system, which they went and patented. And so we haven't seen the Nemesis system being used in any other game yet so far. And what that is, is basically, you know, your Nemesis is in the game, or Nemesi, or whatever the plural of Nemesis is, would actually, based on the AI and the algorithm, would actually learn and kind of adapt and make alliances or decisions or grow stronger based on the other things that you did in the game and other you know, nemesis that you would take down would potentially create a power vacuum for other ones to come in. And so that was kind of the whole gist of that system. And I think this would be really interesting. So from what little was revealed about this Wonder Woman game is that you're basically going to be the bridge between Themyscira. Is that how I'm pronouncing that right? I am, right? I think it's Themyscira, but I, I don't, I don't know. Themyscira, you're fine. You're doing great. And basically the humans of the rest of earth and so i'll be i'm really interested i mean shadow of mordor i never played shadow of war but was a phenomenal game and i'm really interested to see what they'll do if they'll like take this nemesis system and how they'll apply it to wonder woman because i think that would be really interesting you know you have a bunch of different wonder woman villains and potentially maybe they're they're all let loose on the world all at once and seeing then how your decisions in the game will affect which villains end up rising to power the most i think that could be a really cool thing and i think it would help solve a little bit of the problem with all of these superheroes and that you know especially when you're getting into like the godlike superheroes like your wonder woman and your superman and all of those superheroes who are kind of more powerful than your standard human even more so than like a spider-man i think that would be a really interesting and compelling way to bring those superheroes to a reasonable playing field in a video game where you don't feel overpowered that was kind of my little rant sorry i i have i've been meaning to play shadow of mordor and shadow of war honestly i almost bought shadow of mordor like two months ago because i'm a huge lord of the rings fan and I remember hearing about the Nemesis system and also hearing that that game was great. I think Shadow of War might have won Game of the Year. I don't know if Shadow of Mordor did. But Shadow of War definitely, I think it was more heavily acclaimed than even Shadow of Mordor was. Yeah. So this is definitely, you know, huge news. I have to think this is going to be very good. Uh, I don't know how much more there is to say, tactic, anything to add before we, before we move on. I mean, I think this is just a slam dunk waiting to happen. Yeah, that's basically my um, two cents. It, it just looks great it it's gonna be awesome and i didn't even think about the nemesis system nerd bomber that's if they do that that would just absolutely blow my mind because it would give everyone a unique playthrough and also i'm just gonna stump for female superhero representation in video games because i think this might be the first one question mark stump away i honestly don't know i mean outside um, of like marvel's avengers where it was suicide squad yeah, but like I'm talking about like being the title character. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, big big ups to this game. It's gonna be really exciting. We'll look forward to seeing more footage on it because, right, like I said, right now it's pretty minimal. But big news. A lot of people very excited, and I think rightfully so. You know, you know, Alan Wake. I think has been mentioned on this podcast as a game that I probably should have played. Like, I, it's it seems like a game that I would love that I just missed, just flat out missed. And Alan Wake 2, we got uh, a trailer for this in which he, look, let's call it what he is. He looks like John Wick. I know that's not who Alan Wake is, but like, I looked at the character. I was like, it's John Wick. This is going to be good. If, if they're dusting this bad boy off, it's probably for good reason. I bet the story for this game is fantastic. 
The interesting thing to me was that, you know, they had talked about how they've, since Alan Wake, you know, they kind of shelved it, the franchise, a little bit. And now that they've had a few more games under their belts and that Control is successful, they're approaching this and kind of approaching it differently than Alan Wake because the first Alan Wake game had like scary, spooky elements, but for the most part was kind of like more of a detective-y sort of game. And this, they said it's going to be like straight up horror. This is survival horror, which almost immediately makes this a game that I don't want to play, but. And it makes a game, again, it's like Dead Space-ish, right? It's a game that I should want to play. So. I have to ask you guys though. And this was something that all over the internet, be it Twitter or Reddit, I saw different takes. I know, obviously, the mocap actor is none of these people. But who did like who did you see when you initially saw the the John John Wick? You thought the facial actor was John Wick? I saw Jakey. I heard Jakey. I did. My fiance again was in the room when I watched this, and she said it looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. I uh, thought she, she also said um, Bradley on, Cooper. The other. Yep, she said Bradley Cooper. It looked like, like, like a the... Bradley Cooper, Jake Gyllenhaal mashup, and I was like, oh. And then I found out this it was neither of them, and I was very confused. I mean, it's a good thing to be a Jake Gyllenhaal, Bradley Cooper mashup. I guess not not lately. You don't want to be Jake Gyllenhaal associated, but it, like looking like him and looking like a cross between him and Bradley Cooper, it's pretty good. Nothing scary about that, Alan Wake. Yeah, I don't know if we got a release date for that. We haven't been mentioning release dates for any of these. I think for the most part, because none of them have release dates. They're just like, hey, this is coming. I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I could look it up, but you're probably just already looking it up anyways for listening to this. So go go look it up. I'm going to turn it over to Nerdbomber for Nightingale. This is one that I missed the trailer for. It's ex-Bioware people involved in... I'm going to read the synopsis here. I'm getting from Polygon. Shared world survival and crafting game set in a magical Victorian gas lamp fantasy world. Victorian gas lamp fantasy. What? I don't... Yeah, so this almost looked like you were going through kind of like a steampunk fairy book world sort of thing. And it gave me really that fun RPG vibe that Bioware is very known for. You know, watching this trailer, Bioware was one of the first things that came to mind before I even realized like who had worked on this game. And essentially the one thing that I will say is a little bit different than like your Mass Effects or Dragon Age is that you have the option to work with other people. I think during, it was either the trailer or talking to the dev afterward in one of the the clips. Um, they made sure to say that you could play this solo, but it's basically going to be like, you can, you can squat up with your friends and go through this kind of like RPG, very fantastical experience. And I don't know about you, Tectic. I was just really feeling the vibe and the genre and setting, like the fantastical world. I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of that genre lately. And I know we have a bunch of things on the horizon. Yeah, I was going to say 2022 is going to be a fantastical year. Yeah. But like, I'm, I was just really vibing with this, like completely new IP. I've been feeling new IPs lately. So I'm very stoked for this game. My exact reaction was, huh, steampunk. <laughs> Nightingale will cast players as a realm walker. Realm walker, incidentally, was my nickname in high school. Uh, <laughs> they called me realm walker. <laughs> when, I, when I was strolling through the halls, oh, there goes realm walker. Survivors of a magical cataclysm. That's what realm walkers are. So, uh, yeah, again, more, more to come on that. Looked very cool. Uh, and yeah, I figured Nerd Bomber, I mean, these are from the, this is from the Mass Effect folks. So, 
that alone is probably probably makes it worth the cost of admission for you finally i I should finally i I mean there's a lot more here that we don't have time to get to but uh i did mention being a lord of the rings fan we need to talk about Gollum. i thought you're gonna say Um, tiny tina uh Gollum, what's going on here he looks too cute there i said it Gollum's supposed to be ugly and cutified him my fiance was like oh he's cute (laughs) that you're right and you're right that's that's incorrect I, I like the idea the, the the main takeaway I had with this trailer was okay this is going to be a trap setting game he dumps the the boiling pit on these orcs right I hope it's like you're going around setting traps and defending where you think the ring is I that that because we don't know what this game I is. thought it was a trailer like, for home alone the video game we, yeah <laughs> but right I was like, we oh, don't is that know Macaulay I think the first footage we got, because I think we got footage before this, and it made you think it was going to be, okay, Gollum is going to experience the events of the Lord of the Rings, and you're going to be Gollum while that's happening, which uh, there might be some merit to that, but like it's a weird... I, I think this idea might be more fun, which is, okay, it's pre-Lord of the Rings, but post-Hobbit, you're Gollum in the Misty Mountains, y- you, you've lost your ring, it's down there somewhere, and you have to keep orcs from getting it. I think that's way cooler. I hope that's what this is. Um, but yeah, he's too cute. I think that's also worth mentioning. Can someone can someone out there please a Photoshop aficionado, please um, Photoshop Golem to have that like Macaulay Calkin shocked face? That'd be much appreciated. Thank you. At OW Tactic is where you send that. We also have uh, at Online Warriors 1, our main show account, at OW Nerd Bomber and at OW Legal 86 photoshop aficionados come hit us up also hit us up and yell at us about any games we did not cover any trailers we did not cover i'm gonna put tactic on the spot here any honorable mention that you don't want to get into but that you just want to like call out that you got announced or whatever that you're excited about i've said my excitement enough about this game tiny tina tiny tina her He's wonder- so excited he can't even, he can't even <laughs> say her wonderlands i just want to see them it sounds wrong but i want to see them. wow my honorable mention is Thirsty Suitors, which is probably not what anybody expected. It gave me very Scott Pilgrim versus the world vibes, except a lot different. There's so much going on. It was very comedic, but also skateboarding and fighting. And yeah, interested to see what that game turns out to be. But it's an Annapurna game, so I'm sure it'll be great. And apparently the similarities are drawn to yakuza yakuza and it's not like a uh it's more of an rpg than a walkthrough so i'm interested which is exciting thirsty suitors is a hysterical name uh i just want to make that known for me this is something that is already available you can go download this today the matrix unreal engine 5 thing they teased the matrix awakens an unreal engine 5 experience i mean look the movie is about to come out the next movie is about to come out matrix is the most video game thing ever and it looked really cool. Uh, go go check that out. That that'll that that'll get the blood pumping. That's my honorable mention. So that takes us to the end of the game awards. Again, if we missed any games you desperately want us to talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Yell at us. Call me stupid. Do whatever you want. Twitter is a place for free expression. Right now, I am going to freely express my weekly update in "What Are You Up To Wednesday," and it's the one we've all been waiting for. I have started playing my PlayStation Five now. Yeah, I was very taken in I'll, t- I'll tell you what the most important thing what, what's the most 
what was the most wowed thing? Like, what was the thing you were most wowed by when you first turned the console on? Like, does the, the motors revving up? The controller. Okay, that's I wasn't the sure. controller well, is the correct said, answer. You said the first thing and when I booted up, and I was like, well, technically, I didn't do anything with the controller right when it first started. Have, like, are you talking the splash screen? I'm confused. Well, I don't, I don't remember if it if it happened in in the Astrobot thing. Did you I did play, play Astrobot? Astro- Astro- I did play play some of Astrobot. I I played full disclosure. I played Astrobot for as long as it took for Spider Man to download, which was I got through a good few levels of it. And it was cool. Um, the very beginning of Astrobot is when they're like, "Hey, here's this new controller. To, to like, feel these adaptive triggers, and like, feel all these little men rolling around in your controller. Like, you, you remember that part where they flip up the they flip up the touchpad, and they dump a, a bunch of little Astrobots into the controller, and then if you tip the controller around, you can feel each individual Astrobot jangling around in there. It was unbelievable. The controller is ridiculous. Started playing Spider Man. Uh, Tactic hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, it's look it's the same thing but it's what we all wanted <laughs> like I, I it's the same exact thing so far and i am not remotely dissatisfied with it that's that's my review i'm not very far into it yet but i'm surely going to play the entire thing and i'm going to enjoy it more ps5 updates to come uh because of the holiday season coming up and various things i've going on i might not be doing doing too much playing over the next couple of weeks but it is the, the plastic has been cracked on that so i'll be continuing to provide intermittent updates on that and what i play next is unknown at this t- at this point the other so that's that's one thing i've been doing the other thing i want to shout out watched a movie this weekend that i think came out in the summer or maybe the early fall uh dear evan hansen this is of course based on the broadway musical stars ben platt who also starred in the musical and won a tony for it this movie got pretty slammed by critics i think it has a 30 percent on rotten tomatoes it was not that bad it, it wasn't particularly good but it like it was fine. It was like, it was a very middle of the road. If you like musical movies, you'll probably get something out of it. You you have to go into it. Uh, the music is incredible. And that's why the music, the musical itself won so many Tonys. The music is incredible. It's by the same guys that did La La Land. The plot is, I'm going to bust out that phrase again, patently ridiculous. The plot is absurd of this movie and of the musical. Like you, you can't blame the movie for it or you, you only can to a certain extent because the plot of the Broadway musical is it's just bananas. And I think when you go to a Broadway musical, you're much more willing to check your plausibility meter at the door than you are when you sit down and watch a movie on your couch. That's kind of, that's, I think my main assessment as to why people didn't like it is they unfairly judged it for being unrealistic, I guess is, is what I'll say. Ben Platt was amazing. His voice is ridiculous. Did he successfully pass off as a kid? That was a big critique that I saw a lot yeah. of. Um, he, I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So physically, he does not pass for a kid. Mannerisms-wise and acting-wise, he, he kind of nails, like, awkward, anxious teenager. Like, it's... It, w- w- most, mostly what my reaction was watching him was, like... Yeah, it makes perfect sense that he won the Tony because he did win the Tony and I'm sure it was well-deserved. I'm sure it wasn't even close. I don't know who else was up for it that year, but like there's definitely an argument to be made that he was made for the role. Uh, He is now too old for it physically. So that like, you know, it's hard to get around that a lot of the time, but I don't know. I mean, I I, I wouldn't give it a 30%. I would give it probably somewhere in the 50s, 60s. 
So you could certainly do a lot worse, I, I guess, is, is my review. And the music, just go listen to the soundtrack, honestly. The music is really good. I've heard the main song. I feel like that hit Spotify. I think, didn't Sam Smith record it? Michael Sam Samia. Smith recorded it. That version, obviously, is that like, they played that over the end credits. I, I, I honestly don't think that was necessary at all, but they did do that. Great song. Great song. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it on my end. Like I said, a lot of holiday stuff going on otherwise. So I will turn it over to Nerd Bomber. Give me this, give me the, give me the happy haps. What's the scoop? All right. So the first thing I want to touch on is I started playing Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX on the Switch. This is a game that- Boy, that is a long title. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've been referring to it as Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Uh, but apparently there are other versions. I've never played any of the Mystery Dungeon games before this because it was like on the DS as well. Um, but this actually came out last year. I bought it right away and then never played it. Maybe Tectic bought it, but it was still in foil and I unwrapped it <laughs> and played it. And it's okay. So the first thing I want to comment on is that you're a human who gets turned into a Pokemon. That's like the whole shtick of the game. This is scary. And so it starts the game off by doing like a personality test, right? And it has you do stupid things. Like some of the questions are like, oh, would you rather go to like the beach or to a big city? And you pick stuff like that. And it'll be like, oh, take your right hand and grab a single finger on your left hand. Which finger did you grab? And just like stupid, not super in-depth stuff. And then at the end of this personality test to tell you which Pokemon you are, it nails it. It literally, it, it doesn't, I mean, maybe not the Pokemon necessarily. I was a Bulbasaur, but it even like reads you back like traits about yourself that it gleaned from this personality quiz. And it is scarily ac- accurate, like ridiculously so to the point where I immediately called Tactic over. And I was like, you have to do this. And it was also spot on for him as well. And he is a yeah, squirtle for anyone wondering. It was for her. It was like, like, you that. have crippling anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it you're a Bulbasaur. It wasn't that spot on, but it was like it's pretty close. I, I don't like, like that. I don't, I don't. I don't need. I don't need my game psychoanalyzing me. That's scary. I agree with Tactic. I think that's what you said before. Tactic is scary. But like yeah. a- after that, the game itself is fun. It it doesn't play like a regular Pokemon game. Essentially, you team up then with another Pokemon, and you go through dungeons as a dungeon crawler to save other Pokemon. And then you eventually like build up a team with different traits and attacks and stuff. And it's more based on like a grid system and you're, you're a Pokemon. There's no trainers. You're not trying to catch them all. And there's like settlement management and that kind of stuff. So it's very different from a standard Pokemon game, but I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. So personality test freaking me out aside. I'm a Bulbasaur now. Everybody knows. Um, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's not going to be what you're expecting out of the franchise, but it's fun nonetheless. What? What am I? We would have Without, to go through. I don't want you to. I want you to just tell me. I would. What am I? We don't know what the other personalities of the other Pokemon are. Yeah, th- that's the tough part because I don't know what they've assigned well, to the other Pokemon. Fine, just, just based on your own intuition. What am I? A lot I'm, I'm of mine was you... based on being anxiety riddled. <laughs> the tactic was not lying, okay, so, you're, so I'm assuming so you're saying you'd also be a Bulbasaur. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's. Mine was the answer I wanted, but it's probably the right one. Guy, you're a squirtle. You like to play pranks. You're a squirtle. Like yes, yes. yes. wow. Boy, they got you dead to rights there. Uh, That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, And then anything else to? Yeah, go ahead. 
The other thing is that I have been plowing through books, uh, read the latest Murderbot book, and definitely recommend it. I, I don't want to go too in-depth because I feel like I've talked ad nauseum about how the Murderbot series of books by Martha Wells is just freaking phenomenal, but it is phenomenal and you should go read them all. The one that I just read was Fugitive Telemetry, which is number six. I've read all of them this year, all of the Murderbots. Definitely, it's it's so good. I, I don't even want to like tell you anything about them. They're just so good. You need to just go read them. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's it for today's show. I have some reading that I got to go do. So <laughs> see you guys later. Tactic. Give us okay. this, give us the straight dope. So, I did start playing Deathloop. That is a fact. And did you finish Spider Man? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're you're. I'll tell you, your pace is heroic these days. Keep going. Well, I do what I can. It's the winner. Yeah, um, good for you. So I started Deathloop. It is pretty fantastic so far. It's a little bit got me on edge because I don't want to die at all, even though I'll just loop. I just It's a principle thing. I'm not dying. So I play through it very cautiously and carefully, which I guess is the goal. So that's a good time. But it's a lot I of... Know, I, was about, I was about to say that's probably not how you're supposed to do it. I don't know. I haven't played it, but... Presumably looping like helps you. I don't yeah, sorry. I don't know why I'm I'm attacking you right now. There's just no need for that. I, I prefer to do things clean, like a like a secret agent man. But that's okay, just Yeah. Me. That's how I play Dishonored, so I respect it. So that's going great. I'm enjoying it. I, I do recommend it. Still gonna say that Metroid is my game of the year, but I digress. The other thing is we started puzzling. I highly recommend just like picking a surface in your house and putting yeah. putting puzzle pieces down start with a frame and then just walk away from it and day in day out maybe lay down a couple pieces here it's just it's just this passive activity that feels kind of productive but it's like yeah it's you just, make progress on something yeah it's it's this nice thing that i just i forgot what it felt like to have a puzzle sitting around in my house and uh i really like what it does it's just it's this good feeling i can't quite explain it but it's nice puzzles I, I believe one of our first episodes, one of our first pandemic episodes last year, not to not to cast that that Paul over the episode, but I want to say I recommended, I strongly recommended puzzles as a pandemic activity. And I stand by that. It's just a great indoor activity. It's I just, don't want to call it like an, it holds a, up. like an activity, like something you sit down and, and just chug through. I, I, I want to call it more of this, this passive thing that you walk by, you go, huh, there's a piece and lock Look, it in. Look, man, it can be... Yeah, it could be whatever you want it to be. That's, that's true. If, you, if you're really, really... if Sometimes it, it depends on the day. I'll, sometimes I'll put in two pieces and I'll walk away. Sometimes I'll be like, all right, I'm going to open myself a, a bottle of wine and do this. You know, it just depends on the day. And then yeah. the last thing was, in addition to, as I said on the last episode, I want to try to write a book. I'm also going to try to write a so short story to really diversify my portfolio one of them is going to get finished at some point. That is my goal. I'm not going to say what the promises are, but I'm going to tell the listeners that offline, uh, you've made some promises to, I mean, mostly to yourself, but also you've, you've made some, some claims. You got to have goals. What, what you're, if, you, if you don't yeah, give no, yourself I'd, deadlines, you won't be working towards anything. And it'll just be this thing that you started that you never finished. Right in circles around Nerd Bomber and I, the, uh, the, the, the we're, we're longer term writers. I may put out a book before I die. 
I'm, I'm going. I'm <laughs> going for. I'm going for the the animorphs type writing style where it's not about quality. It's hey, about like, yeah, hey now. quantity. Animorphs is quality. Shut the hell right, up. Right, but that genre of books was specifically pulp fiction, basically. Right. That that was basically just pump as much. Yeah. Stuff. Magic Treehouse. Magic Treehouse is what I think of. Yeah. They were just. They were like, "What's a historical event?" They were like, "Oh, the Titanic sunk." It's like, "All right, give us give us a book. You have three hours." That was that was their whole business model. Magic Treehouse books. Hey, I was part of the Magic Treehouse book club as a kid. Oh, I love the Magic Treehouse. Don't get me wrong. It was actually it was a very neat book club. Not to digress too much, but every every book, like you said, it had like a different historical setting, and they would send you a little like craft thing to do that taught you something. So like one was a mummy with like real paper mache that they sent. It was fun. I don't know if you know, but the the treehouse was it was magic. It was, it was magical treehouse. It would take you places. Okay. All right, let's have a quiz. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, it's it's me versus Tactic this week. Tactic, look, you already lost. At this point, we're just we're just doing this because of precedent. So I don't know. Go out there and enjoy yourself. Try and save some face. I think that's your main goal at this point. All right, so this week's quiz, last week we had a tie between topics, so this week is the cleanup, taking care of that other topic that tied. The topic is Tom Holland. So be prepared, get your little spidey just, senses tingling, get ready. Did you guys watch the uh, the Tom Holland's Hot Ones? Shout out to Hot Ones, by the way. It's an it's such absolutely amazing YouTube show. You should go watch the Tom Holland Hot Ones. I'm going to win this because I just watched it. Well, go ahead. somehow I don't think you will, but maybe. We'll see. Okay, so we're going to start out with some of Tom Holland's non-Spider-Man roles that he's had. One of his first theatrical roles was Billy The Impossible. Elliot. No, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, like, movie theater. Sorry, I should be more specific. Okay. One of his first yeah. film roles was The Impossible, starring alongside Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. How many total awards did that movie win across all award shows? And we're going to let Illegal go first. Yeah, I assume I'm going first. Um, this was a good movie. I watched this movie. I actually watched this movie last year, and he is he is a he is a child in this movie. This won a lot. The, the, this is. I mean, we're talking seventeen. Seventeen. That is literally exactly what I was going to guess. I don't want to use my Se- plus one. Seventeen. Here. Seventeen is my answer. I'm gonna say twenty. All right. So tactic takes this one home. It won twenty eight different awards. So right now, Tactic has the lead. I have four more questions and a tiebreaker. So you guys are both still very much in it. Moving to the next Tom Holland film. Tom Holland was in The Lost City of Z alongside Charlie Hunnam and Robert Pattinson. The film was actually shot on 35 millimeter film. According to IMDb's trivia section, how much extra did this production decision to record on 35 millimeter film reportedly cost? We're digging deep with these questions. I'm going to say that's, a, it imp- costs, that's an impressive question. I want to say it costs an extra two million dollars. Way more, significantly more. I'll go ten million. I know it's even way more than that. Okay, so kind of a trick question here, I guess. It actually did not cost that much money. You both busted. It was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And one of the reasons why it did not You mean seven hundred and fifty million. No. You read it you read it wrong. So this is where like the the fun trivianess comes into play and you'll learn something. One of the reasons why it didn't cost as much money as they expected was because if they had recorded digitally, the humidity in their 
on-set location was actually ruining some of their digital equipment. So by filming on 35 millimeter film at the time, they were able to preserve footage, which otherwise may have been deleted and needed to reshoot. Fun so fact. they saved money? No, they didn't save money, but it didn't cost that much more. Nerd Bomber, I don't appreciate the trick questions here. I didn't, right, I didn't the, realize you guys were show. both going to bust, but hey. So Technic family, is still in the show. lead here. And we're going to talk a little bit more about reshoots. So Tom Holland starred alongside Daisy Ridley in Chaos Walking. The movie had extensive reshoots, which actually caused Holland to miss out on a lead role in the movie 1917, as well as missing the premiere of Avengers Endgame. How much did those reshoots reportedly cost for Chaos Walking? Well, if he missed those two movies, it had to be a lot because those are those are big movies. <sighs> Boy. Uh, put me down for $25 million. One dollar. Tactics, tactics work again. The film required tactics, extensive yeah. reshoots during the month of April in 2019, reportedly at a cost of 15 million. So illegal, you busted. So tactic gets that point. We're we're starting a new segment on the show called Tactics Tactics. Also, I want to be <laughs> as clear as I can. It doesn't matter that I'm losing. I don't even care. I care a little bit because you're learning so much right now. Did I lose already? Is it already over? No, we have two questions and a tiebreaker, so you can still come back from this. All right, right on. But you have to win out. Yeah, easy. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Now we're kind of pivoting. You already mentioned that Tom Holland was in Billy Elliot in the theater. How old was Tom Holland when he made his debut as Billy Elliot at the Victoria Palace Theater in London? All right, T-Dog. He was six. Uh, no. Uh, 11. All right, so Legal gets his first point here. Tom Holland was actually 12 years old when he got that role. You hear that tactic? I didn't hear you. What? I'm just kidding. Sound of the, it's the sound of the comeback train. Uh, okay, last question. I'm going to try and tie this bad boy up. Let's do this. All right. What is Tom Holland's height in centimeters? Are you kidding me? The metric system? Uh... How many centimeters are in a foot? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, okay, hang on. I need to get my calculator out for this. I'm going to go with uh, 232 centimeters. I'm going to go with 170 centimeters. Tactic, not only did you win this, but you won it in style. He is five foot eight, which translates to 173 centimeters. Tactic almost got it right on the nose. Tactics, tactics came in handy. I only knew that because I worship short kings as a short king myself. How many centimeters are in a foot? I thought it was 40. Is it 30? Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, you know what? You got to convert to inches. 2.54 inches. Yeah. And there's 12 inches in a foot. So multiply 12 times 2.54. You're probably closer to 30. Yeah. Yeah. I. So that's where I fell down. Did you have a really Uh, tall Tom Holland? Well, yeah, I Tom Holland was a giant because I thought there was 40 centimeters in a foot. Uh, well, look, Tactic, you were due a victory. Uh, <laughs> you had him at seven I, and a half feet tall. <laughs> look, he looks tall in the movies. I don't know what to say. I, I, I My conversion factor was wrong. Give me a uh, How tall I, did you think that was? Uh, I thought that was five foot nine, almost exactly. Okay, so you would have oh, so you you busted bust. anyway. I would have busted anyways. I would have been close, though. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been ridiculous. Okay, that drops me to seventeen and five. Tactic at eleven and eleven. So kind of even Steven mode for you here. Nerd bomber at thirteen and eleven. 
so technic again we have to figure out what your punishment's going to be we haven't gotten to that yet that brings us to the end of the show now we're gonna do something a little bit different here at the end and i'm going to tease next week's episode next week we were having a guest on the show uh which we don't usually tease but uh this one we're particularly excited about this is daniel greenberg from george mason university teaches game design topics in the computer game design program with a focus on history and analysis we're going to be digging deep talking all things the history of games so you're going to want to be here for that you're going to want to tell your tell your friends tell your wife tell your children tell your pets tell anyone who will listen uh to to show up here and hear us chat with with daniel um so we'll see you next week uh in the meantime feel free to leave us a review on apple podcasts we'd love to hear from you there anywhere on twitter as we mentioned all our handles already and uh get out there and get at, go to a restaurant and go into the back uh find a line cook not the not the head chef he's too busy find a line cook and tell them online warriors podcast we look forward to hearing seeing them at next week's episode see you next week